Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Ibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I'm also the host of Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, and I'm the editor of the anthology, which you should run out and buy, called Moms Don't Have Time to, a quarantine anthology. All proceeds of that book go to COVID-19 vaccine research. And I'm the editor-in-chief of Moms Don't Have Time to Write, a new publication on Medium, and we're accepting submissions, so please send your personal essays there. And if all that isn't enough, you can follow me on Instagram at ZibbyOwens, and my website is ZibbyOwens.com. Okay, now back to this amazing podcast. Lola Akinmade Ackerstrom is the author of In Every Mirror She's Black, Nigerian-American, and based in Sweden, Lola is an award-winning author, speaker, and photographer. Her work has appeared in National Geographic Traveler, BBC, CNN, The Guardian, Sunday Times Travel, The Telegraph, New York Times, and others. She is the author of the 2018 Lowell Thomas Award winner for Best Travel Book, Due North, and best-selling Legom. Swedish Secret of Living Well. She has been recognized with multiple awards for her work, including 2018 Travel Photographer of the Year, Bill Muster Award, and she was honored with the MyPad 100 Most Influential People of African Descent Award within Media and Culture in 2018. Her photography is represented by National Geographic Image Collection. Lola is also the editor of Slow Travel Stockholm, an online magazine dedicated to exploring Sweden's capital city in depth. Welcome, Lola. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss in every mirror she's black. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. So excited. Oh, I'm so excited for you. Okay, so for people who don't know anything about your book, tell them first about the book, and then I want to go into you and your life and your publishing journey and all the cool stuff about you. 
Absolutely. So this book, I absolutely love this book. So in every mirror, she's black, follows the lives of three very different black women who end up in Sweden. And the reason they end up in Sweden, you know, for various reasons, but they're all connected kind of loosely to a very influential Swedish man. And so this book kind of chronicles their experiences, you know, their happinesses, their struggles, everything, you know, and it's giving you a a more nuanced view of a country I love, a country I love, or, you know, I call home, but it's showing you that it's a lot more multidimensional, right? And more complex than we see. So yeah, I'm super excited about uh, In Every Mirror, She's Black. Oh, it's very exciting. And your characters are so vivid and real from this high-powered CEO who tries to get, you know, poached out of her job with this very sort of skeevy boss. And <laughs> then this, this new guy comes along and tries to whisk her away. And he seems a little bit sketchy too, especially when we meet him in the context of the plane where he's like hitting on yes. a flight attendant. So I don't know. It's like, it's <laughs> great because right from the start, you're sort of, you know, rooting for different people for different reasons and sort of holding this guy at arm's length and not really trusting him. And, you know, it's just very, yeah. very gripping from the very beginning. No, thank you. Thank you. And, you know, the book focuses on the three women. And so you never really learn anything about him mm-hmm. except from through their interactions with him. Yeah. So he is not centered in the book. And so I think that was also something that I was very cognizant about when I was writing. So you just see the different sides that also makes him a multidimensional character yep. as well. It's true. Based on the inter- interactions. And, and I really wanted to really root the women because they feel so real. Mm-hmm. They are real. Every single character is inspired by maybe a mix of different people, maybe different experiences. And so I wanted to create a book where people could either recognize parts of themselves in, you know, the journeys of these characters and kind of bring it down to earth, you know, in a way that feels really relatable. Well, I like how you, the way that you introduce people's backstories, right? So you could see this beautiful, you know, 5'11 model flight attendant as what she presents on the plane. But then you give us this like glimpse of her in bed with her boyfriend and the complications and why does she not want to get married to him? And like, what's holding her back? And, you know, why does she want to be flying all over the world? I don't know. So So then when we go with her to her next interaction on the next flight, you're like, oh, well, you know, I am in this girl's back pocket at this point, right? I totally get her. And I don't know, who am I rooting for? Do I want her to be with, which guy do I want her? You know, anyway, somehow you just pull us right into who they are and their motivations by some of the little, I don't know what it is, the, the little pieces that you share with us. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, my characters, all of them are very messy. And that was what I really wanted to show is that, you start off liking a character yep. and then you don't like them and then you like them and then maybe you like them. And then, yep. and so that was what I wanted to really show because that's just how we are as humans. There's some days you don't like someone, the next day you like them, you know, and I wanted to show that, you know, first impressions aren't enough to tell the full story of a person, mm-hmm. you know, of their experiences, of their struggles. And so this was a, a book I really wanted to show that, you know, that never take people as face value because yeah. they don't know what they're struggling. Kemi could be very confident in a, you know, in a conference room, you know, but then outside of that, she just kind of implodes into herself because she's self-conscious, yeah. you know, or body conscious, yeah. you know, and, you know, with Brittany, she wants to find out things in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, parents struggled and 
without knowing that, you know, you might just say, oh, she's just a gold digger, but Mm -hmm. she's not, you know, in essence, she just wants to stop struggling and is trying to use advantage, which is is a beauty, you know, to see if she can make life a lot, (laughs) you know, easier. And then of course, Muna, which is my personal, you know, favorite character, you know, she's just, you love Muna, right? And Muna, I see a lot of my teenage self in Mm. because I was isolated a lot, you know, and I felt like, you know, this was who I am, but people weren't getting to know me as a person. So Muna, I see a lot of myself, my younger self in Muna. That's why I created that character. And yeah, so it's a, it's a book that's got scope and, you know, and depth. What part of yourself? Why were you isolated? So I grew up in Nigeria, you know, that's where I'm from. And then when I was 15, I moved to the U.S. And when I moved to the U.S., it was to start college. So I was pretty young. But I was also coming with my own kind of cultural background. And so when I moved into the U.S., I moved into kind of society that wanted to predefine and box me and tell me this is who I was based on just the color of my skin. I'm like, oh, you're black. Come in, go to this group. You have this, you have that. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was like, well, but why are you creating this box for me when I, it wasn't created in where I was coming from? And so I kind of fought against that a lot. But like with Muna, you know, the first thing people see is, oh, she wears a hijab or a jilbab, she's this, and people already judge her without getting to know her, you mm-hmm. know? And so that character was super important. And based in Sweden as well, Muna's character, she's Somali. And I made her Somali because just kind of statistically, you know, statistics-wise in Sweden, more of the kind of African immigrants to Sweden are from, you know, Somalia or Sudan. So it made more sense factually to make a Somali than to make a Nigerian refugee. If I was rooting her in London, then maybe I could make a Nigerian or Ghanaian. So, so in that sense, you know, I made a Somali, but I wanted people to connect with who she was as a person, you know, and get to just love her and see her. And, and yeah, so that was kind of why I created Muna as well. Wow. Where were you when you came to the United States? Like what city or what town? I moved to Maryland and then, Maryland. Uh, okay. yeah, Maryland. And then I lived in Ohio for seven years and then moved back out to Alexandria, Virginia. So, yeah. Okay. So then why Sweden? I met a man. Okay. <laughs> so, my, <laughs> so my husband is Swedish and uh, I met him 2006. And so that's kind of how I ended up in, in Sweden. But it's one of those things where I didn't know much about the country before I moved. So, you know, I just kind of came in wide eyed. And because I am a travel writer, I am a very curious person. So immediately when I moved in, I went deep beneath the culture. Because as I always say, if I'm going to kind of plant roots and grow a legacy somewhere, I need to know the quality of the soil, right? So I really got deep, you know, got uh, learned a lot about the nuances of Swedish culture, learned the language, even wrote a book, you know, that kind of, you know, called Logum that breaks yeah. that down that mindset. So Having all that in hand, I'm like, you know what? I'm also a Black woman here, and our experiences are not monolithic, right? There are a few, you know, there, there are so many kind of women of color and Black women that are living different lives. I'll bite up. I take three and then share their experience here because, like I said, it's a lot more multicultural, but a lot more multidimensional than we kind of see, you know, on the outside looking in, so... And even on your website, you told the whole story, which by the way, this is how like, I think 
shorthand for how you know someone's a great storyteller is when you can't stop reading their website. I mean, this is really like, (laughs) but you really take us through like the process. How did this become a book? Your rejections, your business, like all of it. And even how you thought of the idea and like, so put us in Portugal or wherever with the wind blowing. Yes. And I don't know, I'm not doing it justice. Absolutely, absolutely. No, no worries. But, uh, you know, I wrote, I started writing fiction when, when I was quite young. And then I became a travel writer. So moved into non-, non Wait, tell us, you know. talk about the travel, the library system that you made with your friends. Uh, so this is funny, right? So when I was uh, kind of in my pre-teens, early teens, I went to boarding school in Nigeria. And I used to write a lot of fiction. So kind of short stories, filled up notebooks, and written, and then I had a sign-out sheet in my dorm room. So my friends, you know, came and loaned my books. And so they'll write their names, check them in, check them out. And, and we did this for years. And then, of course, as the years flew by, you know, I kind of moved away from fiction and did more creative nonfiction. And I wanted to rewrite a lot of those stories, you know, that I'd written, but I was still struggling. I'm like, why am I not able to rewrite a lot of those stories I wrote as a, you know, with an adult voice. And it was when I was on vacation in Portugal, you know, I had just finished reading Americana and which I loved. And then I was like, you know what, that's it. Because even though the character is not the author, you could tell she was really pulling from kind of private spaces to feel, you know, those experiences in the book. And I'm, I'm like, I've traveled a lot. I've lived in different cultures for long periods of times. You know, I know Sweden well from within my sphere, you know, and, you know, I've written a lot about Sweden. I know it culturally. Why not write kind of what you know, what you people you've met, you know, not like people I've met, met, but people, you know, that inspires your characters, you know, places you've been. And so that was when I just got the idea for the book. And I got the idea that it had to be multiple women because our experiences are very different, you know there is still privilege, even though you still go through similar struggles. And then I had to create Yoni because, and I'm going to generalize now, Black women don't really move to Sweden without a solid reason. Like, it's not like, oh, Sweden looks cool. Let me just move here. (laughs) Like randomly, we don't. You will go to Spain or, you know, Portugal or Italy. So chances are it's either a man, maybe for work, maybe as a refugee or maybe to study. And so that was how I brought the women and tied them in. And I said, I had to create this character. And so that was just kind of how it started, you know, and yeah. But the process to publication was rough. Yeah, <laughs> tell me read. about that. You had like a trillion rejections. I can't believe it. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com 70-70 rejections of the manuscript and for this a friend book. of mine. Yes, for this book. That makes that no sense. Unless you really changed it. Because Yeah, we didn't we didn't change you are much. A really <laughs> good writer. I mean, like yeah. from you know, I don't understand. I I understand sometimes well, actually I shouldn't even say that. I don't usually understand why things were rejected a million times, but I particularly don't understand this one. Yeah. And and it it shines a light into the publishing industry, right? You know, and you know, I got 70 rejections for many reasons. One, the book spans genres so it's not it kind of sits between literary fiction and social fiction and it's kind of up markets kind of in the middle so when we took it to a literary imprint they were like we love it but it's too commercial mm. we took it this way oh we like it but it's too literary and then they said well we're not sure about the audience right because it centers three black women kind of on the mainstream level so they're like well we don't know how to position it we don't have the vision for publication because of our audiences you know we don't know if they're going to be able to connect and i'm like you mean the same audiences that connect with vampires uh, werewolves <laughs> you know can't connect with me as a black woman and so it was a painful 70 rejections and it's you know, it, it, when I think about it, it's it, it's emotional because the book deserves. And even, yeah, so I'm just grateful that we found Sus Books because Sus Books, they saw the vision, they heard my voice, they heard what I was trying to say. And then together we just, yeah, it's coming out <laughs> soon, you know. So, But I can tell you this, I can tell, I think one thing I do want to say about the rejections is for anybody that's really kind of struggling or feeling uninspired and frustrated is, Stay your course and more importantly, stay true to your voice mm -hmm. because that was what a lot of people kind of wanted me to change as well. They wanted, oh, well, if you take out these scenes, well, maybe this might make people uncomfortable. Maybe if you then maybe and I'm like, what you're saying is take out my lived experiences or take out these people's truths, you know, and so I didn't do that. And I think that was also what added to the rejections, me not wanting to dilute reality. You know, yeah. so, yeah. You know, I wonder if there's a better, like there just should be a better way to submit, right? Because it makes you feel, and having been rejected a bazillion times myself, I feel your pain. <laughs> I I, yes. I flash back to <laughs> crying on a bathroom floor about like yeah. the fact that this one book I worked really hard on was never going to see the light of day. And it's like yeah. really gutting. I mean, because it's your, yes. it's what's in your head. People are saying, yes. Like, no thanks. And you're like, oh, well, what yes. does that say to me about what's in my head right now? Right? Yes, yes. No, absolutely. And the thing with rejection is it's usually not really about you, you right. know, your work, because you are talented. You know your voice. You know, you know that this deserves to be published. Most of the time, it's just, you know, just the politics of publishing. And that showed me the disconnect because a lot of the readers have really liked the book. We've been getting a lot of great reviews. It's very good. Which doesn't coincide 
with what the gatekeepers were telling me that there wasn't going to be an audience, you know? And so, so sometimes the gatekeepers are the ones that actually block books that need to be out there, you know, from getting published. So, yeah. Wow. Well, I'm so glad you didn't give up. I'm just super excited about this book and how great a writer you are. And, Thank you. you know, there is no, just cause things don't fall into a bucket, you know, it doesn't mean it's like if there's a leak from the ceiling, right? Just because like yes. another uh, one of the pots doesn't catch the water doesn't mean the water's not falling, right? It's exactly. still amazing, right? So it's coming no matter what, right? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And and you know, I, I get it. You know, publishing always likes categories, but life is messy. Mm-hmm. Life is you know multi-dimensional, and books. The most interesting books to me, anyway, are books that just kind of tackle that that messiness of life. You know where. Is somebody good? Is somebody bad? Is is this romance? Is it contemporary? Is it what is it? You know, just to capture or reflect, you know, reality or the way that life is. You know, so so yeah. So, but I am super grateful, you know, to uh, to Source Books. You know, that's my US publisher, and then we've got uh, a few other publishers as well. So I'm super excited. That is super exciting. Yeah. I have to introduce <laughs> you, by the way. Maybe you know her. There's a black author in Sweden named Jennifer Dahlberg. Do you know her? Yes. And we're friends. friends? Oh my God. Okay. Of course. It's, it's a, we, we tend to know, you know, the community. I was like, I shouldn't even say this. I'm sure there are a lot of people. When you said there are hardly any, but I mean, anyway, well, she's amazing. She's been on the podcast. Yes. We did a book club. Oh, she's no. awesome. Anyway. Jennifer is amazing. And she just has a new book out in Sweden as well in, in Swedish. So yeah, no, it's a small community of black women, especially those that are kind of advertised to America that may be Black American, they tend to know each other, you know. And then I know a lot of different communities as well, Africans and refugees and, and Americans. So yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, I know good. Jennifer. All right, great. <laughs> Tell her I said hi. <laughs> I will. Okay. I will. I will. <laughs> so what's coming next for you after this one? Did you already write your next book? Are you working on a book now? Like, are you doing more of the travel stuff still? Like, I know you already are, have a whole nother side hustle, essentially. Right? Yes, I know. I know. Right. Well, well, you know what? I, I recently found the word. And it's called multi-potential light. Mm. And that word is for people that thrive on many different things. That's me, by the way. I can't That's do you. one thing at a time. So there you go. That's Thank you. you for that. You need to check it out, multi-pod, right. because, and I think that's why I do a lot of different things, because my brain needs different things creatively, right? Yeah. And and I think a lot of multi-pods, maybe when they were growing up, were kind of isolated a lot or felt like, why can't you just stick with one thing? What's wrong with you or something up with you? And so I do a lot of different things. I am working on fleshing out more of these characters, maybe even going to different points of views. I have other book ideas. So yeah, there's a lot coming, you know, on the horizon in terms of writing. So have you thought about writing a memoir? Yeah, I'm not sure I want to like open up (laughs) that yet. Yes, but I am grateful because I have lived, I've had so many amazing experiences over my career. You know, as a travel writer, I've been to so many amazing places with different publications, you know, and and I think there's a memoir in there. You know, I, I have to get to the point where now I'm ready to write it because I feel like there's still a lot of fiction that needs to come out, you know, lots of stories of others that I can kind of help share you know, to keep kind of fostering cultural connection. So I, I need to keep doing more of that until then I focus on me and my memoir. Like, yeah, I need to keep connecting others. Okay. All right. Well, when you're ready. 
Yes. <laughs> I'll be ready. <laughs> I would love to read it. Awesome. So what advice would you have for aspiring authors? I know you've said, you know, with rejection and everything else, but even in the craft of writing, right? Like how, tell us a little more about your, when you sit down to write and how you do that and your process and how long these things take and, you know, what advice on that front? Absolutely. So with this book, I spent actually the first couple of months outlining the characters. So I didn't really start writing or putting the story together. I just started kind of outlining scenes like, oh, this, oh, I remember going here, maybe I can try this or you know, and kind of developing the characters first before I I wrote. So it took me about four months of solid writing to write the book, but months before. And for me, my writing process is, you know, I wake up early, you know, try to get some words in. But if I'm also on the train, I use my phone to get words in. So it's when the inspiration strikes. And if I'm not inspired, I know a lot of writers say, when you've got, you know, writer's block or whatever, just write through it. I can't. And that's why I moved to a different creative field. So if I'm not writing, I'm not going to fuss it. That means my mind wants to use photography to communicate right now or use something else to communicate. And then by doing that, it it kind of lets the writing side rest and come back refreshed. That's just my own method because I do lots of creative things. So I just switch creatively so that it's, you know, it gets the others resting and then coming back fresh. And then the advice I will give kind of aspiring writers is, you know, I'll say, I'll say um, this E.E. Cummings quote, right? So it says to be nobody but yourself in a world that's trying to make you like everybody else is to fight the hardest battle you ever have to fight. So don't stop fighting, which means stay true to your voice. The world is going to try and dilute it. You know, rejection most of the time isn't about that you're not good enough because then that's when you start feeling like maybe I'm not good enough. Your voice, you know, of course you have to keep crafting and getting better, but your voice is valid, you know. And so write, write what you feel, even if you don't feel like it's ready for publication, just get it out because your soul wants to get it out. So that's uh, that's what I'll say, you know, just stay true to your voice because the world is going to try and dilute it. I love it goes back to your, you know, other people trying to fit you in a box from the beginning, yes. right? <laughs> the same thing, yes. right? You know, yes. not everybody fits so neatly, no. even with like a traditional job. I mean, I don't know about you. Like I had a lot of like, not a lot, but like I tried to fit into corporate jobs and I'm like, well, this is like, this is no, like I'm done with this by like 11. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> now yes. what do I do all day? You know, I don't know. So, yes. you know, there, I like how the world is sort of moving more in this direction now. Yes. With people doing multiple jobs and yeah. Yeah. But also the blend of like the, like the work-life balance yes. where, you know, the pandemic has allowed us to say, you know what, we actually have lives at home. Yes. And bringing that to the forefront as I, I, I hope has made us more, you know, understanding of each other, more gracious to each other when the kid runs around in the back, you know, yes. <laughs> behind you yes. in the meeting. And just showing that, you know, that's also maybe that's actually more important than the work we're doing is that life outside yeah. of the work. So, yeah. Well, it's hard to connect when you're only bringing like a tenth of yourself to the table, right? You yes. have to bring all of it to really connect yes. with other people. So, 
So if that means my kids running in, (laughs) so good. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Oh my gosh. Well, Lola, thank you so much. It was so nice to meet you. I'm really, really and truly rooting for you. And I'm so happy that this book is coming out and wishing you all the best in every mirror shoot slack. Thank you, Sourcebooks. Thank you. Thank you so much, ZB. Just great to to be here and to meet you as well. Thank you. That was fun. All right. Stay in touch. Okay. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com